shift gears uh, because as a pastor, I feel like I need to give you uh, the whole meal, okay? Uh, not to, we can't live on appetizers, right? We, we can't live on dessert. We had a little extra ice cream last Sunday and some extra syrup, right? Mmm, somebody... Somebody's ready to shout right now, you know. Uh, We had that last Sunday. But today, we're going to have some meat and potatoes. But before I get into that, let me just say thank you to our awesome dream team of volunteers. Will you help me thank all the people who get here early, even when it's dark out, they get here. Will you help me thank those who serve us in the parking lot? making coffee, all kinds of ways, taking care of your kids and teaching them about Jesus and reinforcing values that you believe in so that they can hear from somebody else uh, on the weekend. It's an incredible privilege to be able to be here, and so thank you to our dream team. Today, we're going to shift gears, and we're just in a short series on something that I think all of us are concerned about. All of us maybe wonder about. This is one of those topics, the afterlife, that is like, well, I, I kind of think I know what's going to happen, uh, but I don't really know. Anybody there? You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, now if I could go and come back, you know, then, then I, I'd know, you know. I don't, I've heard of those kind of people, but I, I've never met one. And so it, it's kind of, difficult for us. And so what we're going to do is today and next Sunday, we're going to look at what Jesus says about the afterlife. What, what does the scripture say about it? And so we may set a Crossroads Church record today. I think yes, yesterday was it when the guy set the record for the marathon under two hours. Did anybody see that? Four of us did. Um, yeah, a guy we're in a marathon in under two hours, never been done before. And, and the sad thing was the guy didn't even look winded. It just made me sick, you know, I was like, seriously? Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to set maybe a new record today of the most scriptures ever used on a Sunday morning. And the reason is, is because I want to give you some meat and potatoes today about the hereafter. I want you to leave this place informed. I want you to understand what the Bible teaches about the afterlife. Because here's what I found is people have opinions. You know any of those people have opinions? And so uh, I, I don't want to base my hereafter on opinion. Come on, somebody. Right? I, I don't want to base my hereafter. I, I might base where I go to lunch today on, on somebody's opinion, but I'm not going to base my hereafter on somebody's opinion. And so we're going to look at what the Scripture says. Now, here, here's the good news about eternity. Here's the first thing you need to understand. Eternity, your eternity, is your choice. It's your choice. You get to choose your eternity. You get to choose your hereafter. You get to choose your experience. God 
in the original creation made male and female in his image, the Bible says, and gave us a will, an ability to pick and choose. And and so the good news is you get to pick. You get to choose your eternity. And Jesus says, whosoever will may come. And I like that. It doesn't make a difference who you are. You can come. You can come into his kingdom. So where we spend eternity and how we spend eternity are both our choices. They're both our decisions. And so I want to get real clear out the gate because I don't want to get misinterpreted today on what I'm talking about. So Ephesians chapter 2, and, and, and you may not have a finger fast enough, I don't know, on the Bible app to be able to go around, <laughs> along with me today. So the good news is all these scriptures are going to be up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 2 says it like this. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so none of you can boast. Here's what I want you to understand, is the only way you're getting to heaven is by a gift of God. It's not you're so gifted, it's not you're so good, it's he's so good, all right? So, So the only way... And this this is for everybody. The only way anyone's getting to heaven is through the gift of God. So you can't boast, yeah, I got up here because I was so good. I was so good. I I was one, one of the best people I know. So kind, so loving, so caring. That's why I'm up here. No, there'll be no one boasting in heaven because no one will get there because of you, because of your life, your abilities. And here's the good news about that, is that if it were, and we'll come back to this again, if it was about your good things, and and that was how God measured it, think about this, your good outweighs your bad. What if you were one short? And God's like, oh, man. Thought you'd get in. You know, I was really hoping there at the end you'd do something good. But you didn't. (laughs) Out of my presence. Can you imagine? Yet that's how some people believe. And it doesn't line up with Scripture. It doesn't even line up with the character of God. God makes it fair. He makes it even. Doesn't make any difference who you are. Doesn't make any difference how much time you have on this planet. All can come, whosoever will, and we come by the same way. We're not saved by works, but our works will be judged, all right? Our works will be judged, and so here's what we're going to understand. You got to understand the difference between belief and behavior, all right? That's the first thing is belief and behavior. Listen, your belief will determine where you go. Your belief determines the where of eternity. 
So I believe in God. I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he's my Savior. I believe I'm not going to get to heaven because of my goodness. I'm going to get there because of his goodness. It's his grace, his mercy alone. Alone that's going to get me there. And and so that will determine the where of eternity. But behavior determines how you spend eternity. See, your behavior. So in other words, your behavior, what you do here matters. There's going to be, and we'll see this today and and next week, there's degrees of punishment in hell and there's levels of responsibility in heaven. On one occasion, Jesus said, if you've been faithful with some here, then, then he's going to put you in charge of even cities, Jesus said, in heaven. So there'll be these cities And so it's going to be much like the experience here on earth, only it'll be perfect. And in those cities, who knows, you might be mayor. Only you won't collect taxes, you know, and you won't have to put up with all the grief of the people either. And and so Jesus said, when you've been faithful with little, then you can be trusted with much. There'll be responsibilities in heaven, and our behavior matters. It matters whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. It matters. Because when we stand before God, we will have a reckoning kind of day. So to help us with this, let me go through about five different scriptures real quick with you, and we'll have them up here on the screen. Ecclesiastes says, for God will bring, everybody say every, every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. Notice that. Whether it's good or evil, every. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. The death in Hades or hell, is a, the Greek words Hades, gave up the dead that were in them. And everybody say each. Each person was judged according to what they had done. Next scripture. It says, since you call on a father. How many call on the father? Okay, if you call on the father, here's what he says. Since you call on the Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Next scripture. Jesus said, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And here's what Jesus said. And then he will reward who? Each person according to what? They have done. Jesus said that. He's going to reward each person. And then Jesus speaks in Revelation 22. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Listen, everybody here is an each. You're an each. Each and every, each and every person, good or bad, will stand before God and get rewarded for what has been done in this life. So there'll be different degrees 
of punishment, different responsibilities of blessing. Again, your belief, though, determines where you spend eternity and your actions, your behavior determines how you spend it, determines how that future goes. Now, here's the good news, is none of us are perfect, right? None of us are perfect. And I don't know if you can relate, I can relate so well to, to Paul when he says, there's things I want to do and I don't do them. And there's things I don't want to do, and I do those. And he says, it's like this war going on in there. Anybody have that war? The rest of you just polish your halos, just look all holy. And Before we call you out, right? <laughs> but here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that... That in our behavior, it, it, that's not what gets us into heaven. We, we don't get there because of our good behavior, because God has to help us with our behavior. How many are glad God helps you with your behavior? How many of you, you'd be worse than you look like, you know, and act like, if it weren't for God in your life, right? Some of you can say, hey, you should have seen me 10 years ago. <laughs> if you got issues with me now, hmm. You wouldn't have wanted me 10 years ago. But here, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The Bible says he takes out that stony, cold heart, and he puts in a warm, fleshly heart. He, he changes our lives. He puts a new mind within us. Paul says we become new creations. Asians in Christ Jesus, the old passes away and the new comes. How many of you, the new has come in your life, right? You're a lot better than you used to be, and that's because that when we come to Christ, our want to begins to change. Because we begin to see things differently than we saw it before, and the word of God comes alive to us. We start reading, let me just take one example. We just had our offering. What, you know, a tithing. You, you read about tithing and you read, oh, Malachi chapter 3 says these things. And, and, you know, if I'll tithe, God says, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. You won't even have room enough to receive it. That I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Now, let me tell you something. If you tithe, you believe that. If you don't tithe, you don't really believe it, right? Ooh, it's getting quiet now. It's, I'm on to something, I think. So, so here's, the, here's the thing, because if you believed it, it would change your behavior. You would say, oh, yeah, I, I've got to do that because, my goodness, look at what he's going to do. And I, I believe he'll do what he, he's supposed to do, what he says he'll do. I believe he'll do that part. I, I just got to do my part. You know, it's like serving. If, if we say, oh, yeah, yeah, people should serve. We're all put here to make a difference. We all have gifts, talents, and abilities that we ought to leverage and use for the glory of God. I just don't. <laughs> well, then you don't really believe that. Because if you believe that, you would do it, right? 
Because our behavior is changed by our beliefs. And and so it impacts that. But we're going to be judged. Listen, we're going to be judged on our behavior. After we're saved, believers and unbelievers will come before God. There are two judgments that the Bible speaks of in which works will be judged. Now, again, that's not what gets you into heaven. But after you get into heaven, then there's going to be these two judgments. Let me tell you what they are. Here's the first one. This is the judgment seat of Christ. Maybe you've heard of it. The judgment seat of Christ. This is for believers only. Believers are going to stand before God, and here's how the Bible puts this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says we must all, everybody say all, and he's writing to the church, okay? He's writing to church people, the Corinthian church, and he says we must all appear before, and there it is, the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body here on the earth, whether good or bad. Paul says we're all going to stand before God and we're all going to give an account and and we're not judged for our sins. Let me make that clear again. I want this to be totally clear. We're not judged for our sins. We're judged for our good deeds at this judgment. Our sins were already judged by Jesus on the cross, all right? Every one of them, every last one of them, past, present, future. How many are glad for that? I mean, you're you're not paying for it. He already paid for it. And so it's paid in full. But we're going to receive a loss or reward based on what we did in this life. Look at Romans chapter 14. Here's what it says. So you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Paul says, why why are you getting all uptight about what other people have going on? Hello? Can you say Facebook? (laughs) You know, social media? Get all wound up and uptight about the other Paul says, why are, you, why are you doing that? We're all going to stand before God one day. Here's the next scripture. By grace, now this is Corinthians again. This, this is the church. And he says to these church people, by grace, God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder someone else is building on. The reason why he's saying this is because some people are saying, oh, I got saved by Paul. And other people say, oh, I got saved by Apollos. I'm one of Apollos' people. And other people, I'm one of Paul's. And and Paul says, why are you doing that? Why, Why are you putting personality to this? The only personality that you need to be focused on is Jesus. Don't, don't be dividing each other and getting in camps with each other and, and drawing lines and, and getting division. He says, but each one, each one of you, each one of us in the church should build with care. How, how do we build? No one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And here, and let me just stop and say, this is what messes some people up because some people are following people. 
See, and, and what happens when you're following people, then a preacher messes up. See, some preacher somewhere messed up. I saw it on the news. It made the news. It, whatever, you know, it, a phony, whatever. See, that, see everybody, I, I'm just, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I just don't believe that stuff and whatever. And here's the pro- your problem. You were following a person. And I'm telling you, people will fail you. People will fail you. There are snares of the enemy, and sometimes people trip up. And sometimes people mess up. And sometimes people do it intentionally, and sometimes they just get caught up and mess up. I know you've never done that. you've, You've always been so good and whatever. But some people just slip up and mess up. And their mess up is a little more public than your mess up, right? And so what happens is, is some people are following people, and they should be, Paul said, bring my scripture back, we should be following the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation, on Jesus, using gold, silver, costly stone, now notice this transition of, of things you can build with, or wood, or hay, or straw, their work, again, we're talking about works, will be shown for what it is. Because the day, and when the Bible talks about the day, it means like the day of the Lord's coming. The day when we stand before God. The eternity begins, the afterlife begins. He says, the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire's gonna do this. It will test the quality of each person's work. Again, you're not going to be judged on the quantity of the work. See, it's not about your good outweighed your bad. The Bible doesn't talk about the quantity. It talks about the quality. Do you see that? The quality of your work will be judged. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, The builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. He says, you'll still get to heaven. You'll just go in empty-handed. See, you're still going to heaven because you're not going to go to heaven because of your works. But once you get to heaven, you will be judged by your works in order to reward you. Because the Bible says God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's, he loves, how many know our God loves to party, right? He loves to throw a party. And, and God's looking for any opportunity to throw a party over you. He's hoping one day that when you stand before him, he can just say, you are awesome. Give me some of that. You know, he's going to be like all into that, that whole moment of when we stand before him. And so here, here's what happens is you can build with temporal stuff or you can build with eternal stuff. And so what we need to do today is just evaluate saying, now, what am I building with? 
You know, and, and Jesus has saved me. He's my foundation. Now I have a building choice. And, and so what am I going to build with? And if I build with the right stuff, then what's going to happen is there's going to be rewards waiting for me. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said it like this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Notice that, no reward. So when you give to the needy, now I want to say something here. This passage, I have personally witnessed it being misinterpreted by people. To where people will say, see, when you give, you shouldn't let anybody know. You should just give cash. You know, don't write a check. Don't put it in the offering with your, an envelope or your name or whatever or whatever. And that is not what this is saying. This is not saying when you give to church. What's this say? When you give to needy people. When you see a needy person and you give to them, here's what you ought to do. You don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they receive the reward in full. But when you give to who? To the needy, you see a needy person, you see someone who needs help, and you give to them, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, and then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Here's what I want you to see. notice. It, the whole thing is about motivation. It's the heart. God's always been about the heart. He's always about what's your motive. And that's what's going to be judged on that day. It's not going to be the, the things you did. It's why did you do that? Did you do that for your glory? <laughs> right? Or did you do it for my glory? If you did it for his glory, he's going to still hold on to it and say, now nah, I want to reward you for that. I'm going to put you over a city. I'm going to, I'm going to give you this reward. And, and so, understand here a, a couple of things. One is, this is not talking about giving to church. This is talking about, and I've seen people do this. I actually witnessed somebody who, who went up to a person, and this person was one of the most selfish. I'm choosing my words. How many can see that going on right now? All right, just all kinds of words, but... Uh, uh, ungenerous or something, okay, there, um, person, and, and, and they went up to this person and gave him $100 and said, I just felt I should give this to you. And they did it in front of other people. And they did it so that it seemed that they could be noticed by other people so that that person would know that they gave it. And according to this scripture, here's what I would see this person ought to do. Hey, come over here. You're my friend. You're my close friend. I got to put this in confidence with you. I'm going to give you this $100. You're going to go give it to that person because I know they need it. And, and I feel led to give it to them, but I don't want them to know that it came from me because I don't want them to get, give me glory. I want them to give God glory. So you go hand it to them. You tell them God gave it to them. 
And when they ask you, did you give me this? You'll be able to say, no, I sure did not. And I'm not going to tell who did. And, and that's how you do that. See that? And listen, here's the other thing I want you to see. When you stand before God, the Father himself, Jesus, this is Jesus talking. He says, my Father himself is going to reward you. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but that's powerful. Because when we get to heaven and there's just all these millions of people in heaven, the Father is not going to get up off the throne and come out and say, hey, you all did well. Thank you. <laughs> that is not how that's going to go down. Because you know there'd be somebody in the back that'd say, what did he say? <laughs> I think he said, get in the well. <laughs> Don't even know where that is. So, so here, here's what is going to happen. Jesus says, the Father himself. You're going to get a... Now, just think about this. It's overwhelming to me. I'm doing everything I can to hold my composure right now because I'm thinking about meeting the Father. And the Father is going to call you by name and say, hey, Craig, come up here. I want to go over some things. Here's what I want to do today. And I want to show how much I appreciate these things. And he's going to go over. And and the Bible says he's going to do that over every person. Isn't that powerful? The Father himself. He's not going to have Gabriel do it or somebody else. This is too important to him. He's going to do it personally. And notice this in 1 John chapter 2. He says that that, the believer could be ashamed. Dear children, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed. In other words, you could be ashamed. Well, how could a believer, how could a person who believes in Jesus, how could they be ashamed when he comes? I believe it's because all their works disintegrate. And you go in empty-handed. You know, some Christians don't understand that these rewards are explained in the Bible that, that God wants to reward you. He's looking forward to the day to bless your life in front of millions of people. Amazing. Now, here's the second judgment. Let me, let me cover this one. We'll cover a little bit more about this one next week, so don't miss next week. But it's the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment. And the only people there will be unbelievers. Okay? They'll be the only ones there are unbelievers. Revelation chapter 20, here's where we get this. Then I saw a great white throne. There's where it comes from. All right? And him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And notice this. And the books were opened. Okay? Notice that. There's more than one book in heaven, the Bible says. 
More than one. And we'll see that again in a moment. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. In other words, there's a book, and the Bible says when your name uh, comes up to heaven, you know, when you, you get saved, he puts it down. He said, all right, you're secure in me. I've written your name down, and it, it's in my book. But then the Bible says there are other books, and those books will be opened also. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. The works will be judged by the books, and grace will be given by the book. Hello? So, so there's one book, and, and when your name's written in it, then, then you're secure in him, but there'll be books that'll be open. Now, let me ask you, is it, is it right that somebody comes to faith in Christ, and they become a believer, but they don't do anything with it? They don't serve, they don't give, they don't connect. They don't give their time, talent, treasure, but, but they believe in Jesus as, as Savior of their lives, but they're just not really fully committed to him. Are they going to get the same reward as somebody who their whole life they tried to give all their time, talent, treasure, everything over to God and serve him wholeheartedly? Are they going to get the same? No. God's a fair God. Let me ask you this. If a person was a good person, good moral person, kind, tried to do good for other people, gentle uh, spirit, a nice person, and, but they just didn't want Jesus in their life. They're just like, I, I just don't have time for Jesus. You know, It's all good. I, I'm good. and I, I'm living the life I want to live, and I just don't have time for Jesus. And, and they stand before God, and because of their rejection of Jesus, never accepting Jesus, rejecting Jesus, will go to hell. Will they have the same punishment as someone who beat and abused other human beings and mistreated people, maybe mistreated children, innocent children, maybe a mass murderer and, and things like that? Will, will they get the same judgment? No, because God is a just God. And let me tell you something. This helps me because there are times when I'm like, mmm. <laughs> Anybody with me? Give me five minutes <laughs> and a baseball bat. Mmm. <laughs> Anybody with me? Rest of you, just keep polishing that halo, okay? Just, just keep at it. But, but here's what helps me, is God reminds me it's not over. It's not over. And on that day, he's going to make it right. See, he, he will set the record straight because you're not going to get in on how good you are, it's going to be by the grace and mercy 
of God. So here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11. Let me read this. Maybe you've read this. Maybe you've kind of skimmed over. It's amazing scripture. Woe to you, Chorazin, Jesus says. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable. And this word, more bearable, can be translated more tolerable, more lenient, less painful, less suffering. And so that, that's what Jesus is communicating. There'll be less suffering. There'll be for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, when, how, will you be lifted up to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, maybe you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, it would have remained, Jesus says, to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. It'll be more lenient, Jesus says. And, and why Jesus is saying this, maybe you don't know all these cities. These cities were cities where Jesus did miracles. And Jesus is saying, hey, I was in that town and I healed a guy from leprosy. And then I went over to this town, and I opened blinded eyes. And then I went over to this town, and I raised a dead person, interrupted somebody's funeral. And, and I did all these miracles in these towns and in these different places. And Jesus said, if I had done those in Sodom, they would have repented. So because you've seen so much, you've witnessed so much, and you've not changed, it'll be more tolerable for these other people than it will be for you. You see that? And so Jesus is saying, you're not going to get saved by your works, but your works do matter when you get to heaven. And they matter in hell as well. Romans 2, verse 5, Jesus or Paul says, because of your stubbornness, your unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. But when his righteous judgment will be revealed, this reminds me of when Jesus said, you need to store up in heaven. Do you remember that? Jesus one time was talking and he says, you know, you need to store up in heaven treasures. Well, why is that? Because you're going to need them. You're going to need them up there. There's going to be cities. There's going to, it's, it's going to be a lot like here. And, and so you're, you're going to wish you had done that. And so I'm just telling you, you need to send your treasure ahead. And Jesus also, or rather through Paul, is saying that there's wrath that will come. In other words, Adolf Hitler will pay on that day for over 6 million Jews being exterminated on this planet. That, that will be a reckoning day. You know, I heard a story about a rich man came to the pastor, and, and this guy was filthy rich, owned like half the town, and he passed away. And, and so the, the people came to the pastor, and they said, hey, how much did he leave? And the pastor said, he left all of it.
Because that, that's what happens. You leave all of it. And so Jesus said, what you need to do is send some ahead. You need to put your treasure in heaven. And, and I heard a story about a guy who went to heaven, and, and he went to Peter, and he says, oh, could you show me my mansion? And he says, yes, come this way. And he saw this huge mansion, just massive. And he says, oh, is this mine? And he says, no, this is Billy Graham's. You know, he preached to more people than anybody else ever did, and this is his. And, and so they went down the street, and he saw this other impressive mansion, and he said, oh, is this one mine? And he says, no, that's the Sunday school teacher, Billy Graham, and they were really faithful and just uh, impacted so many people and caused a legacy. And he and they went down the street some more and saw another big mansion. He says, oh, is this one mine? He says, no. This is a guy who was in church all of his life, just gave like everything, just gave his time, talent, treasure, just gave it all to God, got up to 20% of giving, and he was there to church serving as much as he could, and, and faithful with his family, and just, just really zeroed in and honored God with his whole life, and, and so this is his mansion, and so they went on down the street, and they got down to a little street, and there was a shack there. And, and Peter says, now, this one's yours. And the guy said, seriously? This, this little shack, this, this is it? And Peter said, well, we did the best with what you sent ahead. And you see, this is what the Bible teaches, that, that what we've got to do is we've got to understand that, that, that we've got to watch what we're doing, what our, our actions matter to us. Have you, ever had, have you ever had a parent, when you were growing up, see you doing something? Like, you ever have one of these parents, like I did in church, that could just look? You know, you were cutting up in church with your friend and whatever, weren't paying attention to the sermon, and all of a sudden you made eye contact. And that's all it took, right? It is amazing. You just, you know, just, I mean, you got tuned in to the sermon. Anybody like that? Let me tell you something. It made a difference when you knew the Father was watching. And I'm telling you, the Father is watching. The Father is watching, and the Father is recording. And the reason He's recording is so one day He can reward you. It's so one day He can say, Just, everybody, let me have your attention right now, all you millions of people. I just, I just want you to know what they did. And I'm telling you, that day, it will be worth it all. Any, any persecution you've endured for your, your Christianity, your salvation, whatever, it, it'll be worth it all that day when the Father acknowledges. And here's what I feel like today, because I'm getting ready to pray. And if you're here this morning and you don't know your afterlife, I don't want you to pray a prayer because you're afraid. That's not my motivation. My motivation is not to scare you into a prayer. 
But here's what I feel like. I, honestly, I feel like a doctor sitting across from their patient and saying, you've got something serious. And it, it's very serious. But the good news is there's a cure. There's a cure. And it's, we've seen it work. We've seen it work. And if you'll take the treatment, I believe it'll work for you. But the choice is up to you. Now, what do you want to do? See, I feel like that today because I know there's a cure. I know there's a cure for the sin that weighs me down. I know that there's a hope for heaven that goes beyond my good deeds. And it's all based on Jesus. And so let's pray. Father, help us right now to just take inventory of our lives. For some of us, we're going to change some of the things we do. Some of us, we, we may have changed the motivation behind what we do so that the glory goes to you and you alone. For others of us, God, we need to be sure. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I don't know that I'm sure. You act so confident right now, but I don't feel that confident. As a matter of fact, I, I'm leery of what would happen if I were to stand before God today. But before I'd leave this place, I do want to be sure, and I do want to know that I'm secure in relationship with God through Jesus as my Savior. If you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I want assurance in the afterlife. And I realize, maybe you do for the first time. Maybe you've heard it before. But maybe it's been more clear that I need to make a choice. Today, I want to choose Jesus in my life. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me today. Yes, 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 back here. God bless you over here. God bless you guys over here. Up there, God bless you. So all around the room, hands have been raised. And so church family, just help me pray this because some people are going to make a difference that's going to last for eternity right now. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I need to start over. So from this point forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Come in and wash away my past. Make me a new creation. From this day forward, I want to serve you so that I can stand before you unashamed. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Church family, come on. It's awesome.